Hello, hello, good evening. Good evening. Welcome, Welcome to, to episode 19 to of the Wulong Talks podcast. podcast. Uh, it's been a while uh, since we've been while. around, man, but we're back. Man, we're back. And we're glad to be back as well. Yeah, we know you missed us well. out there. Um, you know, so before we come back and bless you all with some knowledge and some chat and some laughs, hopefully. This evening, we're actually on our own in the sense that it's just me. And the Russell kid, Richard. So, um, Rich, say what's up. What's up? Cool, cool. Um, unfortunately, the big Moni Mank uh, is onto Orlando. He's got to watch the Star Wars celebration in Orlando. Um, so he's going to be immersing himself in everything Star Wars over there. And it should be a good, good look, man. A really good look. So, um, hopefully, when we have him back which might be in about two weeks from now, um, depending if he makes it through American immigration with his dodgy passport. Um, then he should be back in a couple of weeks and he'll fill us in on everything that he saw, everything that he absorbed, everybody that he spoke to, and everything like that. So if you're a Star Wars fan, check that one out because that's going to be major. Um, Rich, how you been, man? It's been a little while, as we said. So been up to anything? Yeah, I've just been, just been living, man. Uh, I've been trying to grow a beard as well. Um, so yeah, I mean that's my main thing. You know that is black thought. You know, I, Jay, you've got a pretty decent beard. So I thought, you know, join you, um, and uh, you know Oliver Queen. Yeah, been reading a couple of comic books, seen a few films, uh, been spending time with my son. Um, that's it, man. Just just living really. I can't really complain to tell the truth. But um, yeah, I've definitely missed. I've definitely. I know that everyone's missed us because I've missed us. So so it's good to be back on this Thursday evening, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels damn good to be back, man. Damn good. Well, guys, um, whilst we've been away, there's been a few things that have happened, obviously, as you would know, in the movie world and in the TV world. Uh, there's a lot of things going on right now. Um, it seems like for the period that we were gone, there was just a whole heap of movie news that came out, whole heap of comic book news, whole load of comic book news, whole load of TV news, and we're going to get through all of that tonight. Um, I also have been catching up on a few movies that I missed, so I'll chat about a few of those as the evening goes along. But um, first of all, let's get started with uh, some of the big trailers that we've had over the past couple of weeks as well. Um, specifically, we had the trailer for Thor Ragnarok drop, finally. Um, there was rumors floating around on the internet about the trailer coming out and people were kind of anxiously waiting because there was no news and then all of a sudden as marvel do they just dropped it um and i think they broke the internet <laughs> we'll get into the stats in a minute but um rich first and foremost on a scale of one to fucking excellent how fucking excellent was that for ragnarok trailer you know on a scale of one to fucking excellent i can't even put it on that scale so I'm literally just going to do what Thor says when he sees Incredible Hulk come out. Yes! <laughs> like, like it, it blew my mind. It, it just, like, I, I think what they've done with the Thor character in the last year alone has really done some, some justice to the character. I think he's been a, a character that hasn't really had enough time to shine. Um, out of the solo films, his films have been, I'd probably say they've probably generally been the weakest. Um, even though Thor The Dark World was good. But when you compare like his film to less, or, or two of his films to even say like the standalone Ant-Man film or Doctor Strange, those films are better than, than, you know, than, than the Thor films. And uh, 
and Thor is seen as like, you know, part of the, the Marvel Holy Trinity of the Avengers, you know, alongside Captain America and Iron Man. But that trailer, like it, it blew it blew the wings off my Asgardian helmet, man. Like seriously. Mm. Yeah, I mean the the, yeah, the trailer, mean, is really trailer is really just the perfect kind of encapsulation of what they're going to do with with four going forward i mean we've we've seen you know you mentioned the the two previous film four films four and for the dark world and they had a a specific tone that was very operatic it was very shakespearean it was very much kind of tapping into like the game of thrones type of vibe that is really popular with anything that that features uh, mythology or anything that's based on, on sort of classic mythologies but um this trailer they've pretty much said now nah, we're not doing that no more we're going to make this fun and um you know fun is not a dirty word so like i don't see any problem with with making four more of a fun character and a character that doesn't necessarily take himself as seriously as is he can do um, when he's treated a certain way. So straight out the get-go from the start of the trailer, you could see that. Um, but for me, you know, the, the things that really stood out was um, obviously Cape Blanchett as Hella, just looking super fierce, um, you know, really, really like making an impact in that trailer from the moment she crushes Mjolnir. Um, spoiler alert for those who don't know, but from the moment she does that, it's like, you know, you've already been told everything you need to know about this character. This character is dangerous and she's a threat. Um, can you give any kind of comic book background on, on Hella Rich in terms of like who she is and, and why she may be appearing in this movie? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, well, well, Hella's basically, she's the Asgardian version of, uh, let's say, death. So basically, when you, when you pass away in Asgard, if you've done kind of like kind of like badness or if you've been like a naughty boy um or naughty girl then basically it's hella that's going to come and collect you um and that's it i mean basically if, if you think of asgard as um let's say like a pantheon of gods so obviously you've got odin who's the all-father then you've got serta who's in charge of um i think it's niflhelm which is a like a, a fire-based realm hmm. uh you've got is it ymir that's in uh, the the frost giant loki's father He's yeah. in charge of like um the I can't remember where where it's called, but basically the, the the ice part of like Asgard, and then obviously you've got like Hela who's in charge of you know like uh, the the underworld. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean it's like I, I'm really glad that they that they brought her in. Um, number one because it's a it's a fee another female into into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's the first female villain. Am I am I right? Am I right? Am I, I'm correct uh, in saying that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, well, well, main, well, main female villain. We're not going to talk about like the female villains who decide to, you know, become good in like films like Iron Man three. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I mean, basically, that, that's that's Hela's get up, and I mean, her thing is that she wants all of the souls in Asgard, give or take. So the only way for her to get all of the souls in Asgard, because Asgardians are, you know, in in essence, uh, to a certain degree, immortal, is to bring about Ragnarok. And so Ragnarok is basically the Norse version of Revelations. If you're if you're Catholic or Christian, Revelations is basically the end of days, and when all basically when the end of the world comes and uh, all souls will be sent to either the good place or the bad place. So yeah, mm. but obviously Ragnarok is is not a good thing for for anybody from Asgard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, no it's, doubt. it's I mean, clear from the trailer that it's not a good thing, not a good thing at all. Thing. From... Mm. 
the way she kind of brings Hellfire down on, on, Asgard, on Asgard, um, you know, that's that's not going to end well for, for anybody who happens to be around there. Um, what else kind of stood out for you? I mean, for me, I really liked um, some of the shots that we saw of the Valkyries riding the Pegasus um, into battle against Hela. I'm assuming they all get their asses whooped because the next shot is them kind of falling in slow motion. Um, so I assume yeah. that, that's what happens. But, um, you know, I really liked that. And then I really liked um, the introduction of uh, Valkyrie as well, Tessa Thompson's character, um, the character yeah. from Creed. Because um, she's introduced in a in a really really cool way as well. She's got a really kind of iconic look for this film as well. It's very stripped down um, and practical, but at the same time, it, it, it's the look of a warrior, you know. So that tells you that she you don't play around. Um, so yeah. I really really enjoyed that. Um, what else were you stood out? Because I know there were a few kind of um, things in the background, some Easter eggs that people spotted. Did you um, spot anything? Uh, well, I mean, I'll tell you what really stood out for me. Uh, first was that was the portrayal of Thor, because mm. like that, that like you know you bring up the, like Tessa Thompson, Kate Blanchett. Obviously, you've got like um Idris, you know, sporting the new dreadlock look as well. Um, mm. All of those characters in Thor. That to me, in all of the Thor films, Thor is give or take the weakest character in his films. Mm. Everybody else really seems to outshine him. If you think of like the Dark World, like Volstagg is funny as hell. Like you know, um, I think I think Faramir is like is you know is plays that plays that you know you know i love to fight and i love women type of thing like really really well like you get what you're given and i like the fact that they've really they're really pushing Thor as like okay i'm one of the strongest there is but he's not the sharpest tool in a cookie jar i like that like still like like stick with that thing i mean it, it gives him personality it gives him gravitas it gives it also reminds you of the reason why he needs who you know why he needs people why he just can't go off and and just do them by himself, do this by himself. There's a reason why, you know, um, when you see the previous films and when he's in Avengers, why he needs to have a team, why he needs his family. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, he can do it himself, but you know, he, he, he's a family oriented character. Um, and he, he would be that good looking, stupid brother. <laughs> like, you know, he'd probably jump into a fight and start beating you up first by accident and then realize he's made a mistake and then take out everybody else. So I like the portrayal of him. Um, I mean, Easter egg-wise, uh, what, what did I see? I think one of the things I saw, if you freeze frame it, just when, um, uh, when Thor gets really excited about Hulk coming in into the arena, it, there's a scene of like, the Grandmaster sitting on one side and Loki sitting on the other on a big sofa. And in the background, there's like a, obviously people watching, you know, maybe doing, placing some form of bets, if it's to do with the Grandmaster, I'm sure it is. Mm. Um, but there's a, a character who looks like he has a uniform which is very very similar to one of the celestials um i mean obviously the celestials are known to be a lot bigger but then they're cosmic entities so you can i'm sure they can be anything they want to be mm. so i'm not sure if that's something they're going to follow through or if it's just basically just a visual easter egg mm. um the, mm. the celestials are basically the uh, 12 judges of of the universe and uh they're basically the people that placed uh, something uh, basically the egg in the earth which allows humans to become mutants or to have superhuman powers but that's something we can definitely um let's say when we get closer to thor ragnarok as well and if their characters actually get brought into it mm. but the celestials have been mentioned before in guardians of the galaxy yeah 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 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the exactly. reference there. I mean, um, the planet that they visited in Guardians of the Galaxy looks like a giant celestial head. Yeah, um, it, it is a celestial is, head, yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And then they do actually yeah, yeah. reference them specifically in, in a part of that movie as well. So, yeah, well, I yeah, guess it makes sense that there would be some kind of reference to the celestials because... Um, it's all the same kind of galaxy so yeah it'd, it'd be interested to see where where they go with that really um well for you listeners i mean if you haven't seen the trailer yet all i can say is go and see it um before we we end up uh with Paul ragnarok rich of course we can't end without talking about the other big standout um which is of course the hulk um so are we getting a backdoor planet hulk movie through for ragnarok and is that a bad thing or I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think that's a really, really good thing. And I think it just makes sense. Like The thing that's good about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as opposed to the next franchise that we're going to be talking about, hmm. is that they have some form of time and continuity throughout all of the films. Hmm. So basically, I mean, if you do your research, when you watch any of the Marvel films, you don't just watch them in, like, in the order that they come in. They're done in a particular way. And so I think that this will be nice to show basically where Thor's been since he disappeared in, 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 in was it Age of Ultron he disappeared in? Yes, yeah, End of Age of Ultron. Yeah, since Age of Ultron. Yeah, since Age of Ultron. And, you know, when Hulk decided to go on his sabbatical as well. So, like, I, th- I think it's good. I think combining two stories is, is perfect. And from the looks of it, it looks like they've taken a lot of World War Hulk elements and they've taken, like, a lot of Walter Simmons, uh, is it Walt Simonson? Uh, Walt Simonson. Walt yeah, what, what Simonson Thor, which is probably some of the best runs I've ever read of Thor um, until recently when, um, when Jason Aaron just like really, really just took it and ran with it. And those are really two good, good errors, um, errors of, comic book, um, of comic books for those two characters. So combining them, I think it's perfect. Like, I'm, I'm really happy to see Hulk in, you know, really allowed to come in and just, just smash and do what he needs to do best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I think yeah. uh, there are a lot of people, uh, including someone that we know very well, who are probably very happy to see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, no, it was a good look. So, yeah, For Ragnarok definitely has become one of my most anticipated things for this year. Um, same for you, Rich? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, before we leave on that, how about this? Just thinking. We're, we're missing one more Infinity Stone, or as we old school guys know, if you're over 25, like, you don't call them Infinity Stones, you call them, we call them <laughs> Infinity Gems, yeah? <laughs> go to the comic books, do your research. If you don't believe me, go do your fucking research, right? Or better yet, so, play Marvel yeah, Superheroes. Or, or play, or play, yeah, play Marvel <laughs> Superheroes made by Capcom. Yeah, go pump some like 50p coins into it. Um, but that, could, do you reckon this could be the film that uh, gives us the location of the Soul Gem? um possibly um, yeah i mean like yeah i mean like it, it would make sense for it, it for it to be yeah but at, time, but at the same time i think big, there's already been um what what if we have the time gem i believe is yeah in Asgard, time gem it? time gems of doctors no time no gems sorry, of time gems, strange. sorry strange. and it's yeah. the um what was the first tesseract. one tesseract that's it that which one was that was that space gem that was that space gem so that's like a space gem, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. the space gem. And isn't there another one that's there around that region as well? Um, I think it's the power. Is it the power stone that the guardians gave to the Nova Core? Yeah, power. Yeah, power stones yeah. with the with the Nova Core. Yeah. Um, and the then Doctor has. Um, yeah, and a, the, yeah, time stone, 
and then Collector has a stone as well. Mm-hmm. The Mind Stone is mm. in it's like the Vision's forehead, your Vision's yeah. forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, but I was just thinking that basically because it's a Soul Stone, so like mm. you know, uh, and then with this introduction of Hella, which to a certain degree, I mean, like isn't out of the blue, but it does kind of make sense that Hella is basically the person who wants to collect all the souls of Asgard. Mm. Uh, so if you think of it like this it could even be a thing of well listen if I could have all the souls of Asgard and then some more why not and mm. so what's the, what better thing to use as a weapon to collect all the souls all the souls of you know wherever than the mm. soul gem um, so I'm not saying that's like it's, it's 100% but uh, I mean, it, I mean it's, it's just a, a thought that's, that's crossed my mind mm-hmm. yeah I mean the only yeah, thing I, mean, I, I would I, say against that is they might be reticent to put it in for Ragnarok purely because of the amount of gems that are out in space at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so they may want to like just from a storytelling point of view move it somewhere else. So um I'm still not against the idea that it might pop up in the microverse in and and the wasp. Yeah. Um, so um, it's, it's possible. So I think it may pop up, up there. Or failing yeah, that, or failing that um, I think um, Black Panther think is the Black last Panther film, last film to come out before, before Infinity War. Infinity War. Um, yeah. So it's um, possible so maybe it's somewhere in Wakanda as well. Wakanda but again, they yeah, may not yeah. again, they want to put two stones on Earth either. So yeah, yeah. It's possible maybe somewhere in in the microverse. I think. But yeah, we'll find out soon enough. It's out in November of this year. So I think everybody is going to be going out to get their tickets for that when that comes out, because that looks incredible. All right, let's move on to the next big trailer. Um, This is one that we also we all saw, but um, we weren't able to to speak on at the time. Um, And that is for DC's big team up movie, Justice League. Uh, Ironically, this is coming out in the same month as for Ragnarok, I believe. So. Yeah, there's going to be a, a, a bun fight at the box office, I think. But to be honest, most people will, will probably go and see both, especially those who are, who are comic book fans. Um, so Justice League trailer kind of gave us like a, a, a dip of a toe into what they intend to do in terms of that universe and, and with that story. Um, I wrote a little piece on the blog on, on realtalks.com for those of you who follow us uh, with my thoughts about the, the trailer. So I'll, I'll get into that in a moment. But Rich, um, what were your initial thoughts when you, when you saw the Justice League trailer first time around? Hey, 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 it's, hey, it's the Justice League. It looks cool. Zack Snyder snuff. Hey, jump in. Slow-mo. Explosions. Punching. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Too dark. So joking there. Ha 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 ha. He's so funny. That's what I felt like. That was the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the trailer. Like, you know, there, nothing was told. There was, there was mm. no story. Like, no. Um, we, we get more of a story from the Thor trailer, which is a teaser, take into account, as opposed to this, like, full trailer from the Justice mm. League film. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's good. Like, like I say, the thing about Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder is good at doing hero pose portrait pieces. As mm. in, like, every single frame that he does, you can, you can probably, like, pause it uh, and then, you know, print it out and frame it, and it will look, it will look freaking amazing. Mm. But there's a reason why a lot of artists who used to do comic books aren't around now, because people just, as much as people want to see pretty things, they still want to be kept, they, they still want to be engaged, they still want to be, you know, they still want to be able to follow something and that's what i got off this trailer i just got off this trailer the same thing i got off 
Batman vs Superman the film, Batman vs Superman the trailers, and Man of Steel. You know, that's mm. it. I don't feel any connection to it. Yeah, I mean, when when I watched it the first time, I felt kind of like you did. I mean, it looks amazing. The first shot with Bruce Wayne on horseback, somewhere out. We're not sure where he is, but he's out in the wilderness somewhere. Um, you know, and the cinematography in, in those particular scenes that we see in the opening of the trailer is just jaw dropping. It's the kind of thing, but it's the kind of thing that Zack Snyder does very, very well. As you said, he's a you know he's got a great eye. He's got a great artistic eye in terms of capturing an image. Um, so he has framed everything perfectly. It's beautiful. It's rolling hills. It's snow. It's lone figure on horseback. It's it's all of those kind of things that are quite evocative to the eye when you watch it. So it starts out okay, and then you get to the scene with Miles Davis, aka um, sorry, not Miles Davis, uh, Miles Dyson, <laughs> for people who get that reference, um, uh, aka you know uh, Victor Stone. And we see him enter in this nondescript room, and then you see this thing kind of pulsing away in the corner, and then there's another thing that comes up behind him. And I was kind of like, hmm, like why have they chosen to kind of throw in like a parademon so early on in the story? Sorry, for those listeners who are listening, parademons are um, like the minions of uh, one of the big bad villains of the DC universe, a guy called Darkseid. Um, um, and, and you know, there's there's not really know, been much explanation really much so far in the DCEU about the existence of Darkseid or the existence of other universes. Um, you know, we had that scene that was cut from the theatrical cut of Batman v Superman with with um, Lex Luthor looking at the Steppenwolf image with the three boxes, and apparently that was supposed to tell all of us exactly what we needed to know about. The presence of mother boxes and and, and the fact that Stefan Wolf exists, but um, yeah, a lot of people that I know were like, huh? <laughs> but what, what does that mean? <laughs> um, so it was odd to me that they chose to to kind of do that, and then throughout the trailer, you know, there's lots of really cool action shots, but again, it's all featuring parademons, and again, it's like, you know, who amongst the average the cinema going average audience cinema knows who these knows things are. I mean, yeah, okay, you can make the yeah, argument that they don't the need to know because it's just a trailer. Really. They don't need to know right now. They just need to know they're bad guys. But still, you know, for the sake of context, it, it helps to kind of have an idea of who they are. Um, Aquaman for me Aquaman was the big standout. I loved Aquaman. Um, I love what Jason Momoa has done with the character. Um, I know some people um, saying uh, he's a bit too much of like a surfer dude and, and things like that, but I'm like, you know, that that seems to fit perfectly for me to, to make Aquaman work. It's why not make him, you know, a guy who's in love with the sea and in love with with that sea life, if you know what I mean. Um, so the tattoos and everything works for that character perfectly, um, and I think he's really going to be like one of the characters that people um, really engage with in the film when it does come out. Um, what did you think um, about some of the things that, that stood out in a positive way aside from the visuals? Was there any like kind of characters that you saw in the trailer that you thought from a good way um, an impact on you or anything? Uh, only Aquaman. I mean, they've, they seem to have like focused a bit more on Bruce Wayne, Batman, mm. which, is, which, is, which is good. I mean, like so far what we've seen of, of Batman from Ben Affleck has been decent. 
But uh, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. Definitely Aquaman. Like, I mean, everyone's comparing him to like a, like a surfer dude. I don't even look at him as a surfer dude. I compare him to like a rock star. Like me personally, if this was like a, a film that was being made by like one of those crazy cokehead producers in like the late 80s or like early 90s, I easily would have cast Lenny Kravis as, as, fucking, <laughs> as fucking Aquaman, man. Like, you know, like I really like what, what they've done with him. And it's almost like they've, they're ha- really having to, how can I put it? Um, not convince, but show the naysayers that Aquaman is worthy to be in this group and this oh, film yeah, 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 and sure. to have his own film. So, yeah, so, to, that, yeah. Yeah, so, so me personally, like Aquaman to me is their thought. Like, you know, I, 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 was, I was really engaged. Um, the trailer itself, it, like I said, is, is Zack Snyder stuff. And um, I wasn't engaged. That's the thing. Like, when, when you look at the store trailer, and I, I, I hate to keep on referring, like, making it, I don't want to make it a Marvel versus DC thing. But in the store trailer, which is a teaser trailer, we're not told the whole story, but we're told mm. an outline of the story. Mm. And we're, already we've been told that, listen, something's coming. This is going to happen. This might happen, but we know we're going to get, we know we're going to, you know, come out tops at the end. But at the same time, I want you to care about what's happened to the people that you see on the screen. Mm. I didn't feel that for the Justice League. Yeah. Nobody yeah, yeah. felt, nobody felt in danger. Mm. You know, like it, I, I didn't connect with anybody on the screen. I mean, like, and I think the only reason we connected with somebody like Aquaman is just because he was like probably thinking this, he has the attitude of what we have when watching a trailer, which is like, I don't give a fuck. Mm. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, that's what I think, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, that's very yeah, true. No, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, there's, 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 there's no real kind of connection there with with any of the characters. Um, I mean, you know, we get the sense that obviously Batman is is um, going around, you know, recruiting these these heroes for this threat that we're told in the trailer is is already here, basically. Um, so they need to prepare to to confront this threat. Um, but that's kind of about it, really. Um, you don't really get a sense of, of where things are, are happening in terms of where they happen in the movie. And again, this is not necessarily a bad thing because, you, you know, my one complaint about the other trailer we're going to talk about is that it felt too linear. It felt too much like it was giving me the whole plot of the, of the movie. But at the same time, it is nice to have some grounding so you can connect with, with some of these characters, you know. Um, um, now, I think now, me and I are both going to agree on what was probably the worst aspect of uh, the trailer. And um, it don't give me no pleasure to say this because, fuck it, he's like the one major black character that is we've got from DC so far, aside from um, Deadshot. But Cyborg, man, fucking hell. Like, he looks terrible. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm... I've seen a few people online saying, you know, oh, no, no, you know, you're judging it too harshly and it's not the finished effect. And I'm like, well, I really hope that's not the finished effect, because if that is what they go to at the cinema with, then that character is going to tank, man, because he looks rubbish. He looks really bad. He looks like he's been done on my old like Spectrum CX. The one that used to make the noise when it was loading up. That it 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 just the visual image of it is so poor. And especially for a guy like Zack Snyder who loves his visual. Like why why did they decide that that was a good way to go with the character he looked he looks like a diseased robot. 
you know, that, that's yeah, what he looks yeah. like, a Absolutely. diseased robot. And I don't know if that's deliberate. Maybe that plays into the plot in some way, but that's not a great way to start, really, especially considering that the character has been around for a while, has been in, you know, in, in quite a popular um, Teen Titans animated iteration. Um, and, you know, even in the comics now, looks a completely different way to the way that they've gone within the movie. So... Yeah, I'll let you have yeah, two minutes. Say your piece I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, um, yeah, the, the special effects for Cyborg. Um, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm an old school boy, so like, I, I've been around for some time. But the <laughs> there's a Backstreet Boys video uh, for their song called "Larger Than Life," which is one of the most expensive videos ever made. I think it's like second behind Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson's "Scream." And in a video, the Backstreet Boys, are, uh, they're basically, they're set in space and each has their own little space theme. And Nick Carter, uh, his bit is that he's inside a robot. That was made, I think, like late 90s, early 2000s. That's right. special effect looks better than fucking Cyborg. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that special effect looks better than Cyborg. Hmm. My four-year-old child, when he brings like paintings from work, they're better than fucking 3D special effects on, on what's given, what's, what Cyborg <laughs> looks like. Um, I'm just really surprised that they didn't go for a mixture of maybe CG and prosthetics. Mm. Like, I think, I think that would have been a good look. Mm, mm. Um, the only thing I can think of when it comes to Cyborg is that maybe what we've seen in the trailer, number one, isn't the finished product, uh, special effects-wise. Special effects, he uses that word. That's like from the 80s, CGI-wise, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, CGI-wise. And maybe... I can only assume this is probably going to be the smart thing. Um, there's going to be some form of evolution mm. towards the character of Cyborg. Mm. Um, so maybe Possibly, like, to, yeah. he, he, you know, he become more streamlined throughout, throughout the film. I can, to me, th- th- let's put it this way. I think that's the only smart thing. He's essentially going to be their version uh, of Marvel's Iron Man. Mm. And, if, uh, and if Cyborg has a mother box in him, then you know he's going to get effed up in one way or another, if not in this, then in something else. So I can only assume that there's going to be some form of evolution in him because he just looks way too clunky. He looks like an 80s Transformer. Mm, mm. I'm not even feeling that look, man. Mm, so, mm. yeah, um, yeah, I, I, de- I definitely wasn't impressed. <laughs> it's funny you should say the 80s Transformer because um, <laughs> on one of the shows that I, the I shows watch, an internet show watching. called Double Toasted, they were talking about this trailer and they were talking about Cyborg and um, the main host, Corey. <laughs> he said that it looks like Cyborg looks like Megatron fucked Jay-Z and then Cyborg came out as the child. <laughs> and I was, I was dying. I was dying. Part of me was like, Jesus, that's such an accurate description. Because like, when you look at the still photo of him, that's exactly what he looks like. And I'm like, oh, no. The poor guy, man. How could the they do this on the dirty like this? <laughs> but, boy, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Well, we um, have Wonder Woman on the way, so uh, hopefully we'll get a good movie out of that. I mean, you and I were talking about this earlier, and I know you said you, you weren't necessarily that excited for Wonder Woman anymore at the moment. Um, I'm still hopeful for that movie. I, I think there's enough of a removal of Zack Snyder's touch to kind of give it something else something different which i think the, the dcu badly needs so we'll see but um yeah the justice league as yeah, said will be out same month as for ragnarok so it's going to be a busy november month so we shall wait and see what they serve up for us 
Okay, uh, the okay, next trailer we'll talk about is Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. There was a second trailer that was released recently for that. Um, I don't think there's much detail, to be honest, because it, it wasn't hugely different from the one that we actually did the special podcast for um, a little while back, uh, except for the fact that there's a bit more detail in this one, but I'll get to that. But um, Rich, did you? was there anything kind of new or anything different you took away from this trailer as opposed to the last one? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it was just just the Easter egg. It's like you know things like the Spider Tracer, mm. um, a bit more a bit more of an introduction to the friends that he has, which is good. I mean, like it, I, I think like Marvel are, when it's coming to Spider Man, they're they from what I've seen from the trailers alone, they just they're just doing the character justice. They're just mm-hmm. making him. They've taken him back to it's of being a kid. They're showing him, you know, being with his friends. They're showing him with his family. Uh, a, a child wanting to become a man. I, I, I can't fault the trailers. I mean, like, I know, you, I know you've got one gripe against it, which I'm sure you're going to say in a second. Mm. But um, I don't think that they've even done what you're going to say when I finish. I don't mm. think they've even done that. Marvel are too smart for that. But in saying that, Sony are also involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but I, I, I love it. I love it. Like, um, and, and it feels more homely as well. Whereas, like, in this trailer, you've got a member of the Avengers. You've got you've got Tony Stark. So Tony Stark has appeared in both of these. If you think about it, all of the standalone movies from Marvel, it's just been a standalone movie. Uh, uh, let's say you might, you might have like a maybe like a cameo in like um through the Dark World when Loki changes into, you know, Captain America. But essentially, if it's been a Captain America film, it's been Captain America. If it's been a Thor film, it's been a Thor film. And I think this inclusion of like um that Tony Stark might Tony Stark might be a bit of a prominent figure in the movie if not throughout the whole thing then maybe at the beginning at the end i think it helps tie the universe a bit closer together and i like that i like it yeah i mean like the whole trailer as as a whole i enjoyed um i did think it was you know a really good trailer again it didn't give us anything, as you said, too different in terms of what we saw from the previous trailer, um, but it did pad out a bit more about the um, the background, I guess, of Peter Parker and, and more of his interactions with his peers, which, again, helps to sell the idea that this is, you know, a, a, a classic Peter Parker that we're getting. We're getting one who's, um, you know, a high school kid who has his friends, who has his peers, who has, you know, the kind of typical things that go on for um, a teenager at, at that stage of his life, except, of course, <laughs> he also happens to be a superhero. Um, but yeah, my one gripe was, was just that I felt the trailer was a bit too... Um, it, it gave it seemed to give away a lot of the plot um, in terms of the structure of the film now they may completely surprise me and and actually all of the things that we've seen in the trailer in the order that they happen don't actually happen in that way but it just felt a little bit too like the for example you know the barge scene where um, yeah the barge is flying apart and things like that I felt like I didn't really need to see Tony Stark or aka Iron Man actually Iron helping Man to push the, 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 the barge back together. That felt like a bit too much of a giveaway. Yeah. Um, um, the scene with him directly after that with, with Tony Stark as well, um, while good, a great scene and makes a lot of sense, again, didn't, 
I don't know if I really felt I needed to see that in the trailer. Like I would have preferred maybe to wait to go into the movie and then see that happen and then see Tony Stark be like, no, I need the suit back. Like you're not ready, basically. Um, so it kind of felt like a bit of a giveaway. And then the the, the ending where he's um, confronted Vulture without the suit. But again, I mean, again, I mean, it could be that I'm wrong about this. It could be that the structure is is not like this at all, in which case I'm, I'm cool with that. And I'm certainly not saying I'm not going to go see the movie and, and, you know, all of that. It was just that kind of thing that kind of yeah, needled me a bit. But still, you know, it was a very, very good trade either way. So fingers crossed for that one. We'll have that one in the summer. Um, Richard, do you want to add anything or move on? Uh, yeah, no, we can move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm good yeah. with Spider-Man. Like, I can't yeah. wait, man. I think you're just being money, but that's just me. Man. <laughs> <laughs> We're not standing for Alvin, innit? So <laughs> I'm trying to fill <laughs> <trying to> <laughs> <follow> the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we're going to get to, lastly, probably my favourite trailer, just personally. Um, the trailer for the Stephen King adaptation, It, which just looks fantastic, man. Really, really, really love it. I, I, I do. Listen, I'm a big Stephen King fan. I, I, you know, I spent a large part of my childhood and, and early sort of adolescenthood um reading Stephen King books um it was probably one of the first ones I read it took me about gosh I think it was about a month and a half to actually finish the whole book in the end um because the book is is about a thousand pages long so it's a long ass book um and I remember the miniseries that came out as well um and how impactful that was and how you know the 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 spirit, I guess you would say, of, of Pennywise was was such a just a malevolent force that that kind of really creeped you out, um, and that's obviously aided by Tim Curry's performance, um, Pennywise as well. It was a it's a very iconic performance and something a lot of people remember. Um, so this movie had a lot of kind of, and it still does really have a lot of big shoes to fill in terms of what it, it can deliver. But for a first trailer, I thought it was immense. I mean. It, it looks like they've taken everything right out of the book and onto the screen. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm like, I remember saying to you that, you know, I watched it on the train because it, when it was released, I'd just finished work and I was riding the train home and uh, I got a pop-up notification on my phone, opened the phone and I was like, oh, it's the It trailer. Should I watch it? And I thought, yeah, I'm safe. I'm surrounded by people on the train. I'll be all right. So, so I opened it and I played it and, um, I was scared. <laughs> By the end of the day, I was looking around to make sure there were people sure still on the train. Because <laughs> that, that it got to me. It really, really freaked me out. Um, what did you think of the trailer? Was it uh, effective? I mean, I know you're not um, really that scared of the clowns and uh, things like that necessarily, but just as a trailer in itself, was it? do you think it was effective in terms of selling the movie to you? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think um, it was a very, very... I mean, it's one of those things where I think because the TV, the TV series with, with Tim Curry is, is such a beloved, um, beloved show. For them to try and even better it, uh, you can see that they, they've got a, a large amount of respect for it and also for the, for the original source. So it, it felt just mm -hmm. like a really, really nice updated version of what we already know. With just, with just a, bit more, a bit more substance to it. Um, yeah, as a trailer, it, it was cool. But... Um, for, for scaring me and stuff like that, I, 
I don't know, like as, as weird as it sounds, I'm that guy that, I, I see, I'm not trying to make this a race thing, man, but I'm just not that, I'm, I'm not Caucasian where I'm going to go and do things and like follow boats into, into drainage <laughs> systems. Like, that's not me. That, that's not me. Like, I, and I'm going to say it straight. Like, I, I'm from an African. It's like, listen, yeah, when, I'm it, from listen, when, it, when I read the yeah? book, I was like, Georgie, <laughs> leave the fucking boat. Just lay the paper, bro. Like, leave it alone. Like, why, why are you going to drink this boat? It's a boat. Your brother will make you another one. Leave it. <laughs> sorry. Like, yeah, like, like yeah, I'm, I'm from an African household. So when it comes, as much as I love horror films, uh, it's, it's very hard for me to suspend belief when it comes to certain scenarios. Um, so yeah, so but I mean, but that yeah, so like that whole bit of like how he gets the child and stuff, yeah, that that, that never would have been me. But um, the character of Pennywise has, has always intrigued me. Um, I'm not ever big much as fan of Stephen King's work as you are, Jay. But you know, I've kind of dabbled in the Dark Tower, mm. which is something we can touch upon, you know, in, in a later podcast. I mean, you know quite a bit about that as well. Mm. It's definitely something I'm I'm, I'm going to see because like there's a lot of people around me who are just shit scared of like of it. Me, me, I'll take shit down. I fuck a clown up straight up and down. I, st- I, I step in his size 15 red shoes, I punch him with his red nose, that goes, Burp. but so I'm not generally scared. But I will go and see the film because it, it just looks good. Mm, it does, it does. Yeah, man, yeah. I said it, it, it was a really effective trailer. Um, it looks like they're paying a lot of homage to the book as well from that first trailer. So, um, it looks like we're going to get a really, really true representation of um, Stephen King's work. So I really hope they do it justice. Um, the only thing I would say is that the guy who was initially going to direct it, I think it's uh, Carrie Fukunaga. Um, he's the guy who okay. did uh, True Detective season one, um, and he did uh, Pieces of No Nation. Um, yeah. He actually dropped out, so another director has, has come into the chair. Um, but he's still got a screenwriting credit, so I assume he's it's still largely his script that they're working on um and based on kind of the work mm. that he's done before i think you know we, that hopefully means that the movie is in good hands so so we shall see um that will be out in i believe it's september um so yeah i'm, I'm kind of part excited and part dreading september to be honest i can see myself doing a lot of um watching the movie through like split fingers and, and shit like that. <laughs> but it should be all good, man. We're, I'm, I'm excited for that. So yeah, if you haven't checked it out already, you should check it out, folks, because um, there's some figures that I wanted to give you quickly, Rich. I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, we were talking about Four Ragnarok earlier. Yeah. That has um, since become Marvel's most watched trailer ever uh, in terms of yeah. It got 136 million views in 24 hours. Jesus. Uh, but it's actually only ended up third on the all-time list. Second on the list is Fate of the Furious, that has 139 million views in 24 hours. Okay. And top of the list, with a whopping 197 million views in 24 hours, was the hit trailer. Wow. Okay. So, so there's a lot of sadists out there, there's like me. Yeah. Yeah. Like people like being scared. Okay. So yeah, that's just to give some so, yeah, context the there as to uh, how many people out there are looking forward to this movie. So um, yeah, I'm, at least I'm not alone, and we can all go together and support each other when it starts to get scary. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's move right, on. Well, let's um, move on. One of the one things of the that we didn't get to talk about as well um, in our raps was Iron Fist. Now, 
for you guys who've been following us ever since we've been podcasting um and even before then you know that amongst the three of us there is one person in particular who is a huge fan of iron fist uh, and that is the man rich kid man um you know uh, richard has been patiently waiting as we all have really for uh, the iron fist series to drop on netflix um it finally came out the whole season is out there and um yeah it's kind of a disappointment really in that being polite but um rich i'm gonna let you take first hit at pinata because um you know you've been patiently waiting so i think it's only right that you have your you speak on this man and you bless this and you take these people to church, um, man. Take these people to church, man. <laughs> oh, man, I take these people to Kunlun. How about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. Fuck. Um, <laughs> it was just the thing about Iron Fist, right? Uh, I mean, the, the best way to best way to sum it up: if this had come out, let's say, late nineties, early two thousands, it might have got a bit of a. It, it might have been better received by me, um, just for the simple fact that. You know that that's that's a period when like any form of martial arts that you were given on TV, you, you know you were just glad to get it. You you were happy to get it. That, that that's that's how we were. But when you when you're able to watch things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, Into the Badlands, uh, like you know like even maybe even law, even yeah 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 well, well of course martial yeah yeah martial law which you know which which was like a a staple like fuck that shit martial law because martial law had true martial artists it had yeah. samuel hung people like that so, so that doesn't even count that that's that's a bit unfair right yeah that's like that's bringing a gun to a knife fight yeah we, we can talk about shows like xena warrior princess yeah or like or like hercules where the the action is so over the top and theatrical but it works yeah and, and you're able to suspend your belief and, and then go say listen i love this yeah no matter how corny it is so out of everything expected iron fist to give me even if the story was shit even if the acting was shite yeah um even if the special effects weren't that good it would have bothered me a little bit but the one thing i would have loved to have seen and known and gone to sleep easy knowing that they would have given us the best martial arts that we could have been given for a character who is based around martial arts his name is the iron fist He's the mm. immortal weapon, the living weapon. He's the, the, the martial arts defender of the seventh capital city, which is Kunlun. Mm. And the martial arts, I'd like, I'd like to think that in my heyday, I could have done better martial arts. I've got a friend called Emmanuel who we're going to be bringing on in the next few weeks. And he still studies martial arts full time as well. And I think he can do better martial arts than what we were given on Iron Fist. Mm. And I'm, and I mean that, that's my biggest gripe. I mean, me and Jay are going to go back and forth about the script, the story, the acting mm. in the next few seconds, few mo- few minutes. But my main gripe was the martial arts. If if I if I would could have at least asked for anything, at least give me good martial arts. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean yeah, that I was that the was biggest disappointment, disappointment for me as well. Um, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. If if, if you know, even if. if the, the script was terrible, terrible, the plot didn't make no sense, the characters weren't believable. If the martial arts in the show was good, then I could probably just about give it a pass and say, all right, well, you know, I've got my kicks out of it, so that, that's cool. But it's it's amazing. It, it's almost like, um, to me, I got the impression, I think somewhere in between episode three and four, 
it felt like the show was written and produced by people who weren't fans of martial arts movies. And considering like the character, the character's background and the comics, and you know, Richard will give you some context for for comics in in a moment. But in terms of you know the fact that he comes from a martial arts background, um, aside from the fact that he's supposed to be the world's best fighter and, and things like that. Even the show is, is about show martial arts. Is about why martial is there so arts. little martial arts in the bloody show? But why is it the martial arts we get is so poorly choreographed, poorly filmed, poorly edited? Like, it just, it's insane. And what I, I've heard recently as well, I mean, I don't know how true any of this is, so please just take this with a grain of salt. But some of the things I've heard on the grapevine is that they actually cut some of the budget for some of the other shows so for daredevil for jessica jones for luke cage they actually cut back on the budgets of those and tried to save money so that they had more money to spend on iron fist if that's the case then why does iron fist look the worst out of all three of them like it makes no sense you know that is is really really weird that we've ended up with something so substandard given they've had so much time um um, I mean, Rich, what did you think, I mean, Rich, of, you of, think of the way it was filmed and the way it was like kind of shot and edited and things like that? Things felt really, really budget. Mm. Felt budget. It felt like they, it felt like they didn't try. And the thing is, before people start thinking that, oh man, this guy must really hate this show. I, I don't hate the show. It's just that I think when you're used to a particular standard of things and you're actually expecting something as well, mm. you should mm. at least be given half of that. Yeah. And I don't think I was given that. But like, the, the, the way how everything, everything in the, fit, in the TV show was, was, was average, if not just below average. Mm. Like, mm. like Dead, Daredevil, Daredevil has, um, I, I mean, if you're talking, about, let's say about setting, Daredevil has Hell's Kitchen. You always remember that he's in Hell's Kitchen. Mm. Like, like it, Hell's Kitchen, like it's the same way how, how Batman has Gotham, like it just has is its own living, breathing entity. Luke mm. Cage had Harlem, yeah. Jessica Jones had her own part of New York, uh, but it was filmed slightly different, so it could feel obviously that she wouldn't be in the same place as everyone else. But it had its own feel. Mm. Mm. I genuinely do believe that there's certain scenes that they were filming in Iron Fist, and it wouldn't surprise me if they said, "Hey, that corner, that street corner looks really nice. Let's go film over there. It's just a nice <laughs> sunny day." And if and they filmed the shot, mm. that's what it felt. That's what it felt like. Mm. Mm. Like, and so that visually, th th that's how it feels like. Like they, they didn't even really try to try and scout some really, really good locations. Mm. Not even. Mm. Um, I mean, the, the choreography, like like I've mentioned before, was was average at best. If not, and and that's me being nice because mm. you know I I just like I like any form of punching and kicking. So it, you know, so that's just me being nice for this. The acting was the acting. You can't uh, you can't even give the actors and actresses hard times in this show because it's the script. Mm, mm. This is where the main this is the, the main issue and the main problem with Iron Fist that I personally found. I know a lot of people out there loved it, and a lot of people feel the same way. I'm just speaking for myself. The script and the story itself was a mishmash of bullshit and ice cream. Mm. Mm -hmm. that's that's what it felt like so like 
you weren't even able to get really good performances out of the out of the, the people in the show because some of the dialogue and some of the way how the story's been written was was just like wow like i mentioned mm-hmm. earlier on about georgie going to get the boat from pennywise mm. listen if you haven't re- if you haven't been brought up in an african household or jamaican household and that's what you're gonna do fair enough i'm not <laughs> gonna judge you that's why pennywise that's why pennywise ate your ass cool <laughs> fair enough but the the first episode where danny rand keeps on when, when he turns up to the, the building say hey this this, this is my office mm. and the way how the, the security the security usher him out you know it felt a bit like well that's a bit fast mm. like you're just gonna grab him up and chuck him out you could get a you could get a pass with that i've seen worse shit on on, on world star hip-hop and with people like trump running the world anything's fucking possible now right mm. but then there's a bit like where he turns up to like joy's house and she just goes oh my god like you're that crazy man that says he's danny and he's been following me around well you know what I'm going to stand here and just let you know my driver's coming around and my driver is also my security. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? So this guy, yeah, <laughs> with a beard, who's managed to like get into the building. So you, you, these are things that you pay attention to, especially if you're a business person. Like you're, you, you don't make a million X amount of money like, by, by, by being a fool. You've seen that this person can do certain things and now he's turned up at your house. He's got no shoes on and he's turned up at your house. Already from there, from that episode, I was like, oh, fuck about. <laughs> I was like, no, I was lost. And then when he did the flip, and then, no, I tell you, I wasn't even lost. When he did the flip over the car. Oh, God. <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring that up. <laughs> the, flip, the flip over the car. Okay. My son does better flips. My son does better flips. Hand, hands down, my son does better flips. Not only was the wire work atrocious, but you know what? The wire work on the stunt double, who you could clearly see was a stunt double. <laughs> Need I say more? Oh, God, yeah. It was, yeah, it was so it was bad, so that bad first bad. episode. And I'm just remembering now as well. Remember the homeless guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He could look up, like, the, the, um, the what had happened to his parents and the company. Yeah, and yeah. Blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. My God. And then they, and then and in then the next scene, you see him. He's dead. He died of an overdose. It's like, what was the point of it? He was literally a plot device. Like, literally a plot device. You know what? He he got fridged. He got fridged, man. <laughs> yeah, there was no other reason for him to be in that story at all. Um, it just, yeah, it, it just, it doesn't feel like it was made by anybody who cares about martial arts movies. But um, going back to the characters which you touched on, I mean, Joy, like, I really got no sense of what Joy's actual character is. Um, she kind of flip-flops throughout the series between antagonist to support to antagonist to support to antagonist. And I found that, like, so frustrating. I couldn't really, like, relate to that in any way. Um, the only person who really had kind of a satisfying story arc was um, uh, her brother. Her brother actually has, like, a really good... Um, Ward, um, sorry, Ward Meacham. He has yeah. a really good story arc in the sense that you know you see him go through, um, and see the initial. Okay, the initial interactions with Danny are a bit over the top, but a bit kind of. <laughs> I'm a villain. <laughs> but um, you know, as the show goes on, you kind of see the reasons why that happens, and you see him struggle with drug addiction, and then you see him kind of come out the other side, and it's all. You know, they're, they're, it's quite a, a wholesome arc. It makes sense. 
and and that was was fairly enjoyable. Um, the other positive for me was Madame Gal. Um, listen, Madame Gal, I was in love with that character from when she first appeared on Daredevil. Um, whenever you can give me more, Adam, Madame Gal, I'm, I'm good. But some of the things they did with her character didn't make no freaking sense at all. Um, so that's another negative. Like, remember episode six, the one that I think a lot of people were sort of like, oh, it was a great episode. It's, yeah, I think it's yeah. the one with the trials where he has to go yeah, through the trials yeah. and fight them. Like, I still don't understand, like, what Madame Gal was actually trying to get out of him in that scenario because it isn't really explained. Um, yeah. And then, um, well, then, I was going to bring up well, the Axe Gang, but I'll let you go into the Axe Gang because, again, that's that's a that was an absolute like grind my teeth moment when I, I saw them just kind of brought in and then just chucked to the side after an episode or so. Um, but sorry, Rich, yeah, you can go on with the, um, the Axe Gang. Listen, the, the, the Axe Gang. If anybody who's a fan of martial arts films, uh, will will kind of know who the, who the Axe Gang are. Um, I mean, this, this is just going off the top of my head. Um, but the Axe Gang are basically the, the Yakuza, the, the, the triads, right? And, uh, and, and they're famous. So basically, they're known for wearing like the black suits and essentially just walking around carrying axes. Um, and they're, you know, they're just like uh, the, the oriental version of the mafia. Um, but they're also shown with a certain amount of respect uh, when, when they're ever portrayed on screen, even though they are villains. Uh, they, they're a part of law, right? Um, uh, and they they were just used as like just throwaway villains. Mm. It was it was actually it was actually just really really upsetting the way how they were portrayed. I mean, I mean if you really want to get a, a good portrayal of the Axe Gang, um, even though it's done with a lot of jest, they're still treated with like with a, with a lot of respect. Go and watch Stephen Chow's Kung Fu Hustle. Mm. The Axe the Axe Gang in that, that that's a prime example of, of what the Axe Gang should be like. But they were just literally just treated as like. You know, villain of the week, Filarina episodes, um, cannon fodder. They, it, if they 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 should have just like taken off the black suits and just put them in red outfits from Star Trek. <laughs> that, that that's what it felt like to me. It was it was just it was just really really upsetting. And I was I was actually really looking forward to Danny going head to head with them, as like maybe like a, a precursor to let's say if he has to fight against the hand, which he did in another way, which was actually probably one of the better plot points or pl- better plot twists in the show. But I was like, okay, cool, we we can work with this. But um, I just felt really let down. Like, mm. you know, the, the the corridor scene where you see the axe gang come in and and do their thing. Mm. I I think I think I think when I saw that corridor scene, that's when I actually knew that you know what, this the the martial arts in this show is not going to be the one, and and nothing nothing is going to be good. Nothing's going to get better. Mm. I, that, that 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 was my that that was my thing, and I and I always had that little bit of hope. Saying that maybe the last three episodes things are going to pick up and stuff like that, but from episode three, I think subconsciously my mind my mind was made up. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I, hear you. Um, I felt I the felt same, the same to be honest. I mean, I mean you, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the uh, hallway uh, confrontation because um, if you guys follow Richard on Instagram, you know that he um, talks a lot about kind of the hallway fights. Um, from all of these Netflix shows, it's obviously become like quite a signature thing and something that a lot of fans are now looking forward to with these shows is to see you know the, the hallway fight. Um, Iron Fist obviously keeps that tradition, but it kind of lets it down really badly, you know. Um, again, because the the tone had been set earlier on in the episodes in terms of how poorly 
the martial arts was going to be constructed and how it was going to be filmed, um, that hallway fight scene ends up becoming a culmination of all of that. Uh, I remember there was, a clip, I don't know if you ever saw it, Rich, but there was a clip going around that went vinyl, uh, not vinyl, sorry, viral. Um, and it was a clip from that confrontation. And it was only about like, I think the clip itself was maybe 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Yeah, and literally in that thirty to forty second confrontation where Danny is is like fighting um, these guys from the Axe Gang, I think somebody counted something like forty five cuts, like edit cuts in this. Ah, yeah, I remember you told me. I haven't seen it, but you told me, yeah. And it's like usually when they do that in movies, it's because either a the performers that are doing these things can't do them as well as they'd like, so they cut it to hide things. Or B, they do it because it's a dramatic tension thing and it's a stylistic thing. It fits the style of the, the, you know, the movie or the TV show overall. Now, the TV show overall does not use jump cuts. It doesn't. Um, you know, that's not the style that they've gone for. But with every fight scene, it's, you know, every six or seven seconds there's a cut. And again, it's like, it, it's another example of how the people who made this show are not fans of martial arts movies because if you're a fan you know with martial arts movies particularly ones that come from asia um you know for either the classic hong kong movies or the new wave uh, things that have come from indonesia or uh, the stuff from south korea you know anywhere in, in that region in the world generally when you watch their action scenes what they tend to do is just stick a couple of cameras on there one or two maybe and let them film and just let the performers do their thing with these kind of kind like of TV like shows and Hollywood shows, films and Hollywood things like that, they're obsessed with having like 13, 14 different cameras around each camera filming at the same time and then jump cutting in between the cameras. And all that ends up happening is you can't see what's going on and you can't appreciate what the people involved in these scenes are doing. And when you can't appreciate that, especially in a martial arts film, then what's the point? It's not a martial arts film anymore. You know, it's it's just yeah. a ruck, I guess. Um, yeah, what did you think of the hallway yeah, fight? I mean, the thing is, the hallway fight, like, I did see a hallway fight because hallway fights have been done like many a time in films. Uh, I mean, old boy kind of like set a new standard for the hallway fight scene, but I wasn't looking for anything, anything like different or special, amazing. If I'd been given that, I would have been happy. But at the end of the day, this is only a TV show. Like I said, up until that point, we'd been shown the martial arts by Danny, and I was like, okay, cool, that, that's, that's fair enough. But it, it just showed you how much, how much effort they put in. And, you know, well, a bit of the fight scene on my Instagram, and like I said, as you know, Jay, like, and any listeners out there, I've, I've done martial arts on and off since I was about 21, um, different styles. I wouldn't say I'm, like, I'm a master, but I've, I've done enough, and, I've, and I watch it enough. To know when you can spot certain stuff hmm. and the or certain things should i say and the first guy that throws the kick to danny the way how danny grabs the foot and proceeds to move backwards to pull him down it's hmm. almost like like his footwork is just his that footwork there is is just shit. Hmm. it's is that is, is actually and it's one of is, and that scene is actually a guilty pleasure scene because i can see the you know the kind of thing that they were trying to do with it 
and and it always so i think like you know when you're a kid and you watch transformers and then like you become an adult and then you're like hey i remember transformers being really good then you go and watch the episode then it's really shit and the animation's really bad but you still have that childhood nostalgia inside you so you're like ah you know i can kind of give it a blind and, and still watch it maybe if i have a couple of drinks it'll be better that's what the hallway fight scene seems to me mm. terrible no sorry I'm, I'm speaking really bad his footwork isn't terrible his footwork isn't is it isn't to believe that finn jones has been taught enough mm. to be a martial artist you can see when a stunt double is there um there's no tension in there to feel that he's in any form of danger as compared to say like you know um when daredevil has his has his hallway fight scene in both seasons mm. you know that's that's the thing and like and, and, and it comes down to the thing of that this is the first time when you see danny showcased into martial arts martial arts or fighting is a language Mm-hmm. Form of fighting, it's a language. Look at Floyd Mayweather boxing. He has a specific language, has a specific style of how he fights, and that's conclusive to his character, right? And how he thinks. Danny Rand or Finn Jones playing Danny Rand, the Iron Fist, he doesn't have that, and I think that's one of the downfalls as well to the choreography of this show. Like mm-hmm. it's just he, he, you don't feel it. Like you know, Daredevil has this very very boxing with martial arts esque. He's almost like an MMA fighter. But he'll take blows and he'll give blows. He 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 likes the scrap. He's that guy that will get inside you and you know, bust four of your ribs, even if it means having to bust two of his ribs, because he likes that pain. He's a sadist, right? Luke Cage is that guy who's like, listen, I know I'm bigger than you, I'm not stronger than you, I'm gonna go my way. If you step up if you step up in my face, I'm not gonna punch you. I'm gonna walk around, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bitch slap you. You know, I'm gonna grab you by your face and throw you over in a corner, and if you know, I'm gonna treat you like like a little bitch. Don't step up on my face. I gave, I've given you a chance. Jessica Jones is that, listen, I've had a really, really bad day. Don't fuck around. Otherwise, I'm literally just going to fuck you up mm-hmm. and go about my business. Mm-hmm. Danny Rand hasn't even got anything that showcases any form of character through his fighting. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing. And it's the same thing throughout, this, throughout the whole show. There's nothing has any form of substance. Mm-hmm. Him, coming, him, him coming back to, back to New York to, go, to come and get Rand Industries. Number one, why? Number two, what does Rand Industries even do? <laughs> I know, I know. What's, yeah, what, what does Rand Industries even do? It, yeah. it makes it makes medicine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We, the, I know. I know what the kingpin. Remember Wilson Fisk? He has a business. You know what his yeah. business does? His hmm. business is in real estate. Yeah. Tony Stark has a business. His business was used to be in arms, and hmm. now it's becoming you know into, into other things. You know, funding the Avengers. Right. Justin Hammer. His 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 business it funds arms, which is like you know, which is touched upon in, you know, um, in in um, in Luke Cage. Mm. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, I think they should have even made references to Wilson Fisk's business, Stark Industries, and even in the other Netflix shows, especially if they know that they're gonna make um, an Iron Fist TV show, make Rand Industries a, a bit more, a bit more apparent throughout this small little eco ecosystem that they've created over the past what two three years it would have just made more sense but this is the running theme in the show that that you get through everything whether it be the scripts uh, the acting the martial arts there's no substance they just believe that you know that if we just put it on screen we'll take it for you know, you know we'll take it for fact or we'll take it for gospel hmm. so 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I, I kind of I kind of went off on a tangent because you asked me about the martial arts, mm. but you, you but you know how I feel about this show, man. This is the show that I was waiting for, man. No, for real, We're, I'm not going to tread in your toes because I know how long you've been waiting to see this show. Um, and it's, uh, as said, listeners, I don't, I don't want this to come across like we're haters and we're hating because believe me, as said, there's nobody I know who's a bigger Iron Fist fan than Richard is. So when he says these things, he's not saying them because he, he wants to be controversial or to be a troll. He's saying it because that is how he feels about the way this, this show has played out. And to be honest, as said, I can't disagree with anything that he said. You know? um, I'm not as big an Iron Fist a fan as him, but... I still like the character and, like the character you know, I was looking forward to the show. I was excited. Um, again, maybe not as much as Richard, but I was still looking forward to the show. And now it feels like I'm just kind of soured on the character. So from that point of view, Rich, um, what can they do to turn things around? Or, or better question, how would you do it? So let's say me and you are you, you know are, the bosses you know, at marvel headquarters you're jeff Lobob and joe casado we're sitting down now we've looked at this thing and we thought okay we got this one wrong okay we got this you one know, wrong. We've, got, we've had a good run we've got we've had loads run. of right ones um you know we've got a great um, fan base out of there who've become a fan of what we've done um we've we've overstepped on this one how do we turn this ship around and, and get people back on board with this character for say season two or things like that um what's the, the things that you would do if you jeff Loeb, um decided to you know to course correct iron fist okay so first thing i would i'll do is generally sit down and decide whether finn jones like I said, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not even talking about his acting. I'm talking about the, the martial arts aspect of it, right? Decide whether he's capable of stepping up to the role of doing the physic, the physical stuff that needs to be done. So, for example, like Keanu Reeves for Matrix set the bar when they, when you know, when 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 the Wachowski sisters, you know, took Keanu and sent him away to go get trained. They sent him away to go get trained. This, this wasn't a game. Like, you know, like they crammed basically years of training into a space of like a year, I think. Yeah. You know, like, so like, I remember like at, when that film came out in 99, I hadn't even started martial arts yet. But I knew like martial artists who had been doing it for years who watched their film and were like, this guy's never done martial arts before in his whole entire life. He's fucking bad. Mm. Like th this guy, like I, like, I, w I don't believe what I'm seeing on screen for what he's doing because he's doing techniques or doing certain things obviously it's down to editing as well and you know and, and stunt doubles here and there but what he was pulling off in that first movie alone was was ridiculous so i would i would sit down and decide whether we need to keep finn jones uh because if you can't do the phys if you can't do the physical part of it it's not too bad anything then it's not worth keeping him that's that's number one mm. if if he can step up to the plate send him away to go get trained send him to china or bring the grandmasters here and get him trained up until he's able to until he's able to step into the role. That's yeah, what I would do first. Yeah. yeah. Whooping, Second whooping, thing. Take that money, blood. Yeah, yeah, easy. Easy. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> easy. Call, man. He'll take that money. Easily. You know, the thing is like Donnie Yen, who's been around for years, and some people have only just found out about Donnie Yen after his appearance mm. in The Force Awakens and Triple X. Donnie Yen has done martial he's helped the martial arts choreography in for, in the in the US, you know, for and the UK. For years, he did he did um he helped do the choreography on um Blade Two, 
Mm-hmm. He helped do the choreography on Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, he helped do the choreography for, well, obviously for the Force Awakens. Like he's yeah. been around, so it's not as if he's like he's alien to to U.S. soil. You know, like or people don't know how to get into contact with him, mm-hmm. or with Whooping, yeah, or the Whooping stunt team, stunt team, or with Jackie Chan's stunt team. Like these people, they're known. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. no, like um, I mean, the Whooping stunt team, they've helped train, um. The guys who did the the choreography for the Captain America Civil War and Captain America Winter Soldier, who did John Wick, and their U.S. based martial arts stunt stunt team. Yeah, you know, so yeah. you, so I don't understand why it's so hard to get somebody trained up. So that that's that you know, so I think they'd really need to sit down and and, and assess whether they want it to be authentic looking or not. Mm. Um, second thing, I'd get rid of the the director or the showrunner. Mm. What's his name? Scott Buck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scott Buck can get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what it can do. Buck can fuck, right? Yeah, because I don't. I mean, I know some of the shows that he's done before. I think he did. Um, was it Six Feet Under? Uh, yeah, Dexter uh, yeah. and yeah. Six Feet Under are the two that spring yeah. to mind. Yeah, like they're, they're both good shows. I'm not gonna knock it. I mean, I'm not a fan of those shows per se, but from what I've seen of those shows and from what I've read about the shows, they are very, very good shows. I mean, maybe some of them have, have had like off seasons here and there, but both of those shows ran for at least five to seven seasons, mm. right? But clearly, those shows that he's done, he's not cut out to make a martial arts show. It's not just because you know, just because, just because you're a policeman doesn't mean you can all of a sudden wake up one day and want to be a fireman. There might be similar jobs because you have a public service to the you know you know to the to the to the place where you live, but that doesn't mean you can do each job. So I would get rid of him, and I would get the script. I'd get rid of the scriptwriter. You know what? I'm just I'm just elongating this because I know we're on a time schedule. I'd fucking get rid of everybody, yeah, <laughs> and bring in somebody new apart from the actors and actresses, and this would be their chance to show that they really can act. Mm. And the minute they can't, I'd fucking get rid of them too. I'm being cutthroat. <laughs> I'm being cutthroat. My Iron Fist symbol, the Iron Fist symbol is is on my list of tattoos. So that's how I'm feeling very, very strongly about these people. If you're listening to me and thinking that I'm, I'm, I'm losing a plot, I'm not losing a plot. <laughs> yeah, I'm just being a realist out here. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be Georgie to go get that boat. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I hear you, man. Um, firing the writers is definitely something that <laughs> that could be on the table, as far as I'm concerned. Um, action choreography, uh, action definitely, choreography. I agree with you. Um, um, I think for me, what I, I would change what I would is I would probably I would say, probably please say just please decide on a villain and then stick to that villain. Yes, um, yes, yes. You can have two, you can have but two, like, like, don't give us don't like give us five, five just because, just because like, like, don't do that. Don't That's do that. stupid. That, that was so that frustrating was so in that show. So just stick to a villain. Give us a villain that we can get invested in and we're good to go. If you're going to give us Davos, cool. Stick with Davos. Tell Davos his story and then do that. Don't like drown it with joy and then have Madame Gao in and out, in and out, and then throw in some other antagonists as well because, hey, we've got 13 episodes to fill. No, like tell the, the story of that villain and really let people get invested in it. Um, and um, the other thing I would do is probably spin Colleen Wing out and let her get her own yeah. show. Let her do like a daughter of um, do Doors like of the Dragon the with Misty uh, Knight. Uh, Knight. Yeah, yeah. Give them their, their, own, them show. their, their own show. And the third thing I'd do is listen, Joe Casada, I'm talking to you directly now, and Jeff Lowe. Listen, 
from the moment from you announced that you were doing, doing Iron, Iron Fist and, and Power Man Power TV Man shows, Luke TV shows, shows, there was one there thought was one that was at the back of every fan's mind. Holy shit, does Holy this shit mean we're getting heroes for hire? So just give people heroes for hire for Iron Fist too. Simple, simple as. Just make it heroes for hire. Pair the two at the mark. And let them and let them live. That way, you know, if, if way, Finn you know, Jones isn't Finn quite Jones up to it, you can it. still rely still on uh, Mike Coulter, uh, who's, you know, has got a lot of credit with audiences, is uh, very popular with audiences, and is a, a charismatic actor and has really done well with his character. So pair the two of them up and let them play off of each other. You know, apparently that's what they um, they have a few things together in The Defenders. Um, yeah to be really um, good so, so you know touch wood that that does work that out and then if it does then, it then does, run then with that run you know that. you don't have to you don't have to keep going on and on and on about like danny Rand's background and things like that it would have been nice if we'd actually got some kind in this season but you guys decided to bother with that so all right fine but um, you know, but, give um, us the heroes yeah. for hire and, and fuck it. Have Luke yeah. and Danny Rand go Danny to Kunlun together to have to yeah. solve yeah. some problem, yeah. you know. And and Colleen and Misty can come along too, just like they do in um a more yeah. Iron Fist, yeah. the comic yeah. book. Yeah. You know, let them come along yeah. too. But you you've got these actors at your disposal. Use them, man. Listen, they've got actors at their disposal, and they've got storylines at their disposal. Mm. Mm. That's it. Yeah, that's simple. it. Simple. Oh, okay, okay. Um, breathe. <laughs> yes, this, this, this is, I'm, I'm upset, man. I'm, I'm here. I'm here drinking. I'm here drinking some coconut rum from Saint Kitts. This is keeping me sane, man. I, after this, I'm gonna go do some yoga. <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah. you'll probably do it better than flipping Finn Jones, can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. You know, you don't know be messed up. We go to a comic con and we see Finn Jones, and he just busts both our heads. <laughs> Think you're funny, punk. Think you're funny. <laughs> yeah, I heard you guys move long talk. Get the shit, <laughs> and then he'll try and do a crappy <laughs> flip and then fall on his back because he's like, why he's there to stop him from falling. But yeah, <laughs> we'll have to watch out for that in the next Comic Con. All right, well we've kind of well, we've run, run over time, over time man, because we needed yeah. to done because we needed to, to deal with Iron Fist. So um, we'll try and crack we'll try on with as many of the other things as we can. Um, Listen, so. Let's quickly switch Let's quickly to switch The Walking Dead, which had its big dead, finale a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, that was a huge uh, event in terms of television, but not quite as huge as maybe the uh, makers had actually hoped, because apparently it's come out that the viewing figures are down for The Walking Dead. Um, significantly down, in, in fact, in, according to certain statistics I've seen. Um, so it um, seems so it like, like viewers are finally are waking, waking up and coming to my coming point to of my view, point which is that they're just, that they're just milking it for the Walking Dead now. <laughs> and I know that's going to upset people, gonna and I know I keep on going on and on about how much the Walking Dead is disappointing me, but I'm sorry, it has to be said, it's disappointing me. They're really not capturing the magic of the comic book at all. Like. Not at all, but anyway, um, Rich, anyway, did you watch um, the finale watch episode? The did you think it was any good and a, a fitting end to the series? I, I thought I thought it was okay. Um, I thought it was a it was, it was a decent end to this series, just because I know that this is I know what this leads into for the next season. But um, it's the same thing. Like I mean, like the, the Walking Dead has a certain fan base, comic book wise, as they know what it is. 
like you know, it's like you know, this happens and that happens, and like, you know, they move from town to town essentially. And the the the, the thing that's worse than the zombies are the people that they actually are, is actually the human race who is actually still alive. That's that's the running theme throughout the comic book. So it has its fan base. So you have that choice of going to collect that comic book. The thing about the TV show, what I find, I mean, Jay, you're a bigger Walking Dead fan than I am, but the thing is, is that is the same thing that happens in a, you know, to a lot of TV shows is that it, it becomes complacent. Mm. Now it's one of those things where it's like, I, I know I can go and watch this. I can watch this show and I, and I, and I can see Rick and I can see his little, his, his, his boy. I can see Daryl. I can see uh, Michonne. And I know that those four are safe. As look, now that I, it's in my head that I know that those four are safe, the show means nothing to me. Mm. Because mm. anybody, because everybody else at some point is mm. gonna die, or even if they do survive, it it, it doesn't matter because like th- there's no immediate danger that keeps you on the edge of your seat. And they keep on teasing this thing where it looks like they're gonna take off Rick's hand, which actually happens in the comics, but in uh, but against the governor, and I'm waiting for them to do that because at least that will shock the viewers to say like, wow, listen, he's our main character and he's got no hands, like you know. And maybe, you know, give him that visual handicap. Not saying that's a bad thing against people who, are, who have handicaps, but show that bad things can happen to your main character. Mm-hmm. Don't keep on doing this thing where it's like, Rick keeps on being emotionally and mental, bro- mentally broken by this villain who's better than him. And then Rick finds the power through his family again. And then, you know, then they move on to the next bit. Like, it's, it's boring now. Mm-hmm. Th- that's the thing, it's boring. So, I mean, th- that's what the show is for me. But this this last episode, I mean... It was, it just was, man. Like it's, it was just, it was just Walking Dead. That was it. I mean, I don't miss it. I, yesterday, we're Thursday, Monday's just gone. I, I didn't miss Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I do. I do yeah, wonder I do, at I what point are people point gonna? Are, I mean, it seems like they already are kind of leaving the show. Um, but when will they start leaving the show on mass? Because. For, for all the reasons you so, said, so basically, the, you know, one of the you know, great things the about the comic when you, when you read it and you first started to get into it and things like that was you realized the danger that was around them all the time. You realized that you never really knew which characters were going to make it out at the end of, a, of an issue or at the end of a volume, um, you know, or if they had a big story arc, anything could happen. And literally it did, you know, anything did happen. You know, shocking stuff happened every time you turned the page and you were like, damn, like, I did not see that coming. And there's a lot of stuff that they've kind of just done away with. I mean, I know obviously for comic books you, comic you have books, a certain amount of artistic amount freedom of and you, know, you have less you have kind of censorship and restrictions that you have with like network television um you know and the walking dead is is a huge phenomenon in terms of uh, television and so there's a certain line and the balancing act that they have to do to avoid kind of you know pissing off too many people in in america in terms of the kind of things that they would want to do um, with characters and plots but as you said, it's become predictable. You know which characters are going to survive and which ain't. And as soon as that happens, it's like, well, do I really need to watch this? You know, um, because I know that at some point this guy's going to make it out at the end. Um, and the worst thing about it all for me is, is Negan. Negan feels like a, a character that's been wasted, you know. Um, I remember when we first talked about uh, that first episode in, in season seven when they revealed um, Glenn and Abraham's death at the hands of Negan and how you were saying that you know you liked the character because he felt like he was shaking things up 
Yeah. Um, and um, I, I agreed with that. I did feel like he was did shaking like things, he was up, shaking but things up, up, but then it, it, the series just kind of fell back into routine again. And Negan was on TV less and less, which I guess means that they couldn't afford to pay Jeffrey Dean Morgan too much money for for appearances. But it just really fell into like you know a routine that was just really predictable, sadly. Um, um, and it's hard it's to see hard where, to where they go from here. I mean, here, obviously, I mean, if you're a fan of the comic books, and you know, you're, you know, you've probably got an idea of where they're going to go next. Um, um, you know, in terms of what's coming, what's they've, coming they've already they've said it's all out war, war, so it looks like the all out war storyline is going to play out. But you know, how they're going to play that out on TV will be a challenge because they've really scaled it down already. In the comic books, there's a lot more, you know, antagonists and a lot more people involved than there are in the TV show. Um, and again, as I said, um, it's again, like, where are the surprises going to come from the in the storyline? Because there are plenty of them in the comic book, but again, that's because the comic book established from very early on that none of these characters were safe, that anybody could get it. But, you know, the TV show is, is not playing by those rules, so... I don't know. We'll we'll just have to wait know. and we'll, see we'll what they deliver for us. I think it's back again, um, back again early um, next year. I think it is. Is when season eight starts. So yeah, um, yeah. I guess um, we'll we'll yeah. see where we end up from there. But um, the Shiva bit was cool in the final um, in the final episode. You know, getting Shiva attacking people and stuff. That was that was fun to watch. No man, it looked fake, man. It looked fake. <laughs> <laughs> It looked fake. Fuck it. It looked fake. It looked, it looked fake like Blade 2. <laughs> that scene in Blade 2 when Blade becomes CGI. Fuck it. It looks fake. I don't care, man. <laughs> no, I'm going to no, give them a pass, man. They're all right. They're all right. <laughs> that's because you like cats. That's because you like cats, man. That is true. Anybody who follows my Instagram knows that's true. So. <laughs> all right. Well, um... Yeah, we had a lot yeah, more we, we wanted to talk about, listeners, but unfortunately we're running out of time here and we don't want to test your patience by going through a long list of things that we had here. So what we'll do is we'll come back to some of these points that Richard has set aside for us for next week. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot more stuff that said that we can go through. There's certainly been a lot of developments in comic books and we haven't been unaware of that, so we will come back to that. Um, and there's some other things going on in terms of movie news as well that deserve to have a little bit of time uh, to be discussed and, and chewed the fat over so we'll go through all of that as well when the time comes um richard you're watching the get down part two at the moment aren't you um yeah quickly what are you thinking of it so far listen i'm loving it i, I actually didn't think that uh, that that a tv show could get better because there's not a second season this is just a second half of the first season and it's gone from like from you know like from like 10 to 20 it, like it's just it's just a very good show anybody who hasn't seen it please go and you know go and watch it from the from the first part of the of season one and if you have seen the first part of season one uh, and you haven't started part two of season one yet literally go and start that like you will not be disappointed it's it's such a good show Mm, mm. For sure. I mean, I haven't been sure. able to I mean, get down and, to get and down watch and, and part two yet. Part two, um, yeah. So I'm um, waiting to do that I'm over the Easter bank that. holiday weekend that we've got coming up over here. So I'm going to sit down and binge that um, for sure, man. But, you know, I spoke to um, somebody, shout out to Mr. O as well, um, the novelist. 
he's a good friend of ours as well. Um, I was speaking to him on Instagram and he was saying, you know, how much he loves it as well, because he was saying as a hip hop fan, he didn't really know that much about that early era um, of hip hop. So it's been quite educational for him to learn a bit about like, you know, some of the roots of where the, the movement came from and um, the, the artistic stylings of the series as well and the way that they've been able to incorporate um, the music, the hip hop and the singing and things like that so seamlessly into the story um, without taking him out of it. Um, it's something he was really impressed with and, and I would echo that as well, certainly from the first part that I've seen. Um, it does that brilliantly. So, yeah, absolutely. We I would second yeah, that, folks. Um, get on the get down if you haven't started that already. It's, it's really, really good. Uh, okay. Um, I think we should quickly do some shout outs. So let's run through some of these real quick. Um, firstly, I wanted to say a big shout out to Coco Britt, Miss L, from the Two Shots and a Brew podcast. Um, thank you, Miss uh, for you all the support, for and thank you for you know getting involved with us on Instagram and Twitter. It's always fun to uh, chat to you, and make sure you check out their podcast sure as well, Two Shots and a Brew. Um, I'm behind a little bit on their pod, so I need to catch up on that. But it's really good, really fun. Um, usually get some good drink recipe recommendations on there as well. Um, there's a few things that I'm going to try that I've seen on their Instagram. So, yeah, I'll be getting lit over the bank holiday weekend with that for sure. Um, so <laughs> Big up to Miss L, the Coco Brit, and big up to Two Shots and a Brew. Um, big up also to the Broken Elevator podcast as well. Um, they recently had a live recording that they did, which was really, really good, actually. It was actually really a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. So um, big up to yourselves, guys. Um, and yeah, well, I think uh, we may be in touch with you guys very soon. Um, also, I want to say a quick shout out to Just In Time podcast. Um, again, they've always supported us as well. And their podcast is really cool. I usually check it out and I, I usually post it out the link for it on Twitter as well. Um, so if you follow me on Twitter, go and um, check out their podcast because that's a lot of fun. Um, also to the By Chance podcast as well. It's a really good storytelling podcast. Um, really, really fun, really engaging. And, you know, Jay, who, who hosts the podcast, is a really good storyteller. Um, he actually recently did a review of a rap album and it's one of the funniest things I've, I've heard in, in a long time because he doesn't miss it. He doesn't mince his words. He's very strong in his opinion about it, but um, it's really entertaining to listen to as well. Um, and Rich, do you want to give a, a big up to a couple of people as well? Yeah, um, big up to, well, these two people I'm going to give a shout out to. They're actually going to be guests on us soon. Uh, we just need to try and find the time. Obviously, we've had this little hiatus, but we're back now. So the first one is going to be to Mr. Jed Shepherd. I've known him for years. I used to go to college with him. Uh, so I've known him since I was about 16. Uh, and he's got a podcast called Things to Watch on Netflix, which is uh, doing really, really well. And he also has a podcast called Monkey Business, which is uh, based on, on Alan Partridge. Um, and he's also trying to get... Uh, or in the process of getting distribution for a, a film, which um, I'm not going to mention, like he can talk about that when he, when he comes on. But yeah, just big shout out to him for, you know, for staying in touch and for giving us, um, giving us some support as well. The second one is going to be to my friend Emmanuel. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, I trained a little while with him in, um, in Wing Chun. And he's the guy who ever said, I reckon he could kick Finn Jones's ass. 
Hmm. You know what? I've got to stop it because it sounds like I hate Finn Jones. It's not even like that. I'm just upset with the show, right? But um, yeah, he's just sitting at home screwed right now. Yeah, like he's just—he's got a picture of me. He's just throwing darts at it. He's throwing—he's throwing. No, you know what he's doing? He's making shuriken stars out of that foil, like Davos was, and he's just throwing them. And um, Ben have done something called a one-page comic, in which basically it's just one page uh, of uh, telling a story um, in in a comic form. And uh, and some of them are like sad. Some of them are, you know, have a supernatural element to it. Some of them have a, a moral, a moral um, ending to it as well. Um, so have a look on their Insta, and um, they've got a Facebook page as well. But Emmanuel will also be on in the next few weeks as well to talk about that. So uh, I just really want to give those two guys a, a big shout out for being friends and for also giving us a lot of um, a lot of time and support as well. Cool, cool. Yeah, and as Richard said, man, we're looking forward to having uh, Jed and Emmanuel on the show in the future. So um, stick with us if you want to find out a bit more about them and what they do and, and what makes them who they are as well. All right. Um, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Thanks a lot for listening and thank you for being patient with us as well. As you know, you know, life throws funny things at us from time to time. Sometimes you have to take your foot off the gas pedal or step on the brake a little bit, but Foot's firmly back on the gas pedal now, and we're back in the swing of things. So, um, yeah, we're we're looking forward to dropping um, some great content for you going forward. Um, one thing I will mention is we are hoping to start a extra podcast that we'll be doing on a Friday. Um, hopefully, we'll have some more details for you on next week's show. So, um, me and Richard and Alvin will thrash out the details, and then we'll let you guys know. And we'll also let you know, of course, across social media as well. So, uh, if if you use social media make sure you look us up we have a facebook page uh you can find us on facebook just by typing in wulong talks um you can also hit us up on twitter um i usually manage a twitter account it's at wulong talks uh and we also have an instagram account as well that myself and richard both uh, manage and you can get us at wulong talks on instagram as well um rich do you want to let people know where they can find you as well yeah good reviews at uh, on Twitter, and I'm also Rich Reviews on Instagram. Am I Rich Reviews 266 or my Rich Reviews? No, Rich Reviews. No, yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. Rich Reviews on Instagram and Rich Reviews on, on Twitter. Yeah, that, that's cool. All right, wicked. Cool. All right, well, thanks a lot, guys, as said, for listening, and thanks a lot for sticking around with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and we hope that you really have an enjoyable Easter break. Um, you have lots of lamb, or if lamb's not your thing, you have lots of the food that you like, um, and you enjoy the company of good people, good friends, and good family. And um, take care of yourselves. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see you again next week. Um, Rich, say good night. Uh, um, good night, and also don't forget tomorrow's Good Friday, so no meat. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having pork. <laughs> I'm having the dirtiest meat of them all. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm going to get off this podcast and I'm going to bathe in swine. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> all right, well, it's good night for me, folks. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Ciao, ciao.